Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, the FCC wants to require ISPs to be more transparent about their fees and what is included in each of the plans. YouTube loses the man behind the improvements of their live game streaming services. YouTube ponders getting into NFTs while Ubisoft fails at them. And robots are one step closer to becoming your real doctor now. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you know what's doing, good morning, this is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Yep, once again, zero episodes since last NFT rant. And this is after uh, going ahead and educating myself even more than I already was about the technology. I actually have a lot, a lot more insight on the topic of crypto, the blockchain, NFT, and Web 3.0. Have I become enlightened? Has my stance changed? No, I I can still talk about it, but I can talk about it in much, much, much more detail. And I do think it's important that you do inform yourself of these sort of things so that you can go ahead and spot the BS, especially in the world of crypto and NFTs, since, well, let's be honest, it's rampant with fraud right now. We'll get to that more later on in the episode. First, though, uh, Minecraft suffered a uh, DDoS attack, which, uh, after it was all done, ended up leaving... A small European country, the entire country, without internet. Whoops. Yeah, this is, this was, um, this is a bit surprising, not going to lie. Apparently the Andorra Telecom, the only ISP in the Principality of Andorra, suffered repeated denial of ser- service attacks during a multi-day Twitch gaming tournament. The DDoS attacks occurred during the scheduled Squidcraft Games tournament in Minecraft, one of the most successful Twitch rivals tournaments ever broadcasted. Eight or more Andorran streamers were eliminated from the Twitch tournament after the second day of the attacks due to their repeated disconnects. There is some suspicion that per- that perpetrators planned the DDoS att- attacks on the Andorra Telco to cheat to cheat the Andorans out of their chance to win the one hundred thousand dollar pot. Now this is always going to be kind of. Uh, a big uh, question mark as to the future of esports. Like, we've laughed at pretty much every single one of these esports tournaments early on that had 
all the competitors come into an arena only to sit behind a computer screen in the arena to play a computer game they could have played online. And there are parts of that that you just cannot justify. Like, you cannot justify why the heck all these people are wearing sports jerseys. That still makes no sense in the world of esports. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. You can go ahead and play freaking Minecraft or CSGO equally well in a jersey or a t-shirt. There's always one of the silliest things about it, and that one is, I think, just completely undefensible. Everything else about it, of course, you're putting on a good show. You want people to be there for, for this ma- for this huge event that, that they actually want to be a part of. And then, of course, the biggest one is for event exactly this. You have eliminated the issue of lag. You have eliminated the issue of outside interference. You have eliminated the chance of... Well, not eliminated, but you have greatly reduced the chance of cheating. While some people might be might look at the concept of esports stadiums and point and laugh, there is some logic to it. This being one of them. Someone in chat says you could always cut power to the event hall. All right. Well, if you're willing to go to that lengths for it, um, someone needs to just go ahead and do this crazy thing called guard the breaker box. I'd say it's easier to guard the breaker box than somehow prevent a DDoS attack. That's for sure. I just got a ping on Twitter. Apparently, this is a day old, but I haven't actually added to my notes at all. Uh, Apparently, LeBron James has made a crypto promise. LeBron James Family Foundation has engaged in a multi-year partnership with Crypto.com. After Crypto.com just suffered a massive Heist. Good plan, good plan, good plan. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna back back a horse in in the crypto world, you might as well go ahead and back the um The crypto site that nobody ever heard of until they were robbed.
<laughs> Someone in chat says another celebrity endor- endorsing a scam. I don't think in this case it's a scam. Here's what I think this story is real quick about LeBron James backing crypto.com. Crypto.com had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Ethereum stolen. Crypto.com then went ahead and tapped its own finances to go ahead and reimburse those that were robbed. They're looking for some way to fill this over $100,000 hole in their budget. Oh, hey, look, they found a way. By engaging in a partnership with LeBron James to go ahead and bring more uh, more traffic to the site. An investment into LeBron James to help it help and just uh, cover up that whole we were just robbed sort of thing. And so after that li- little detour last week we reported that legacy g suites accounts are going to be deleted free accounts are we're supposed to say hey you know what pay up or lose your accounts well they're changing their stance a little bit here They're right now going to go ahead and say that um, I'm looking for the actual details here. The company seems to be backing down from us for most of the harsher terms of the initial announcement. First, Google is launching a survey of affected G Suite users. Apparently, the company is surprised by how many people this change affected. Uh, Let me interject here. Do you not know how to run a simple query on your own database? Computer, how many users in database are on the free account? There are 1,400,000 free account users. Was that so hard? (laughs) Well? Someone in chat says, we thought you were all asleep at the wheel. They really did. They really just hoped that every single free user just wasn't there. (laughs) Someone else says, it's them saying, we got caught. Oopsie daisies. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. The article continues. Second, it is promising data migration options, including your content purchases, to a consumer account 
before the shutdown hits. Google Apps, today, today this service is called G Suite or Google Workspace, allows users to have a Google account with a custom domain so your email ends in your website address rather than at Gmail. This is typically used for business and then it just keeps going on and on about uh, the various services of the account. So they basically the only thing they're doing is promising data migration options. Here is my question. How the heck was this not there before? I assumed... Was I wrong in assuming when they said we are going to shut down the free legacy G Suite accounts and you have to move to a paid one that the word move implied your data would move? Am I wrong for assuming the word move means move? Google. What the heck? I just, I just can't even. What about you, chat? D did you think that move meant move? Because I thought move meant move. But apparently it didn't. Well, now move does mean Move. You now have the option to to migrate and move. Your data. To the paid version. Yikes. In other news we've been covering this story for a while the story of nvidia trying to buy arm arm for those who don't know is the company behind many of the arm style cpus or systems on a chip they're basically all systems on a chip but you know we, we refer them as cpus because it's a bad habit ARM basically has the architecture licensed out. Anyone who makes an ARM processor, whether it be Samsung, whether it be Apple, whether it be Microsoft, whether it be your mother, anyone who designs one has to pay ARM a licensing fee to do so. NVIDIA was trying to buy ARM, despite the fact that NVIDIA also makes ARM chips. Thus began the controversy of many, 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 many different agencies looking at this and thinking, hmm, hmm, you know what this seems like? This seems like a conflict of interest. And for at least the past what 87 years they have been investigated over and over and over again for conflicts of interest well finally it appears nvidia is 
planning on throwing in the towel. They haven't officially given up yet, but all signs point to NVIDIA deciding not to go through with the deal. And I want most of you to remember this because as we keep an eye on Microsoft acquiring Blizzard Acti- or Activision Blizzard, that this sort these sort of things can happen. The moment the deal is announced, everyone thought, oh man, NVIDIA owns ARM now. No, not yet. And now they won't. Just like all you heard last week, and I think maybe even the week before, I forgot how long ago it was, everyone just started saying, oh man, Microsoft owns Blizzard now. Does that mean WoW will start being good? They haven't done it yet. It hasn't happened yet but they are close to doing it. And before anyone else says, oh, well, Microsoft wouldn't put the deal forward unless they thought it would go through. Well, everyone said they would, everyone said NVIDIA wouldn't put the offer through unless they thought it would go through. Well, it didn't. A lot can happen. Like here, here's the other thing. And this is actually is going to sound terrible. But it's the truth. Right now, Blizzard employees are in the process of voting to form basically a permanent union. It's it's technically on paper not a permanent union, but the fact of the matter is once you form a union, it ain't going out. It almost never is. And as terrible as it sounds... That union could be a poison pill in the deal for Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard. Which now puts you in a really awkward spot. Like, I don't know what's what's the better call be bought by Microsoft or form union and let Bobby Kotick still be at the helm of Activision Blizzard. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. And I don't have the correct answer. Someone in chat says form union, but then you still have Kotick at the helm. As long as Kotex at the helm, that company is pretty much doomed to put profit at a much higher priority than the consumer. Yeah, but then you can go to the union and give him flack. You think after this many, this number of years... Of him getting flack from every side. That's going to stop anything. The other question is, is the union going to be good?
how much power is the union going to have in the end? Do you muck up the problem? Do you do you absolutely ruin the ability for the company to go under actual competent management that views the company as something that needs to grow rather than something that needs to be squeezed for all it's worth? It's very easy to just say union because unions solve all problems. The thing is that a union is not a guaranteed will solve all your problems. It is a, it could solve all your problems. A lot of things could solve all your problems. Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard could solve all of Activision Blizzard's problems. But it might not. Heck, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard could result in no one. uh, All of a sudden, no one in Activision Blizzard having anything. Things have, someone in chat says, things have to change. If there's a solid chance to get a union in place, you go for it. No, you don't. It's not a guarantee. The unfortunate thing is that unions, unfortunately, do not guarantee change. They guarantee nagging about change happening. I would still say it it is, I'd say it's 50-50, whether you're better off with or without it. The other thing is also, it's hard for me to judge as an outsider. I don't know what the situation is behind the lines. I have a very good picture. It ain't a pretty picture, that's for sure. I also don't know the details of the union trying to form. Are they a union that actually wants to go ahead and actually go ahead and invoke change? Or are they a union that wants to go ahead and take a, take advantage of the situation, promise change, but then do nothing and skim a little bit off the top of the developers and employees already small paychecks because Activision, because Kotick is just squeezing Activision Blizzard for maximum profits rather than actually looking at bettering the company. The person in chat is just, just like, you can tell you're all American. I'm just telling you what I see. I have heard so many stories. You, you, it's one thing to hope and wish that a union guarantees 100% always has your best interest in mind. The problem is, is that at least here in America, they don't always. 
And it's not like some sort of American mentality that uh, we'd rather go ahead and just do it on our own be- because that's that's your pride in, in the way. It's because we've seen the stories. How did we get on this? <laughs> After that whole rant, I just glanced back at my screen. She's like, wait, how did I go from Ar- Arm NVIDIA to Activision Blizzard and whether they have a prayer or not? Funny enough, I actually forgot to get the story of Activision Blizzard um, potentially voting on unionizing this week. I don't think they have yet. I know that was early in the week that uh, Activision that Activision Blizzard employees were voting on unionizing. The latest update on it was uh, Activision Blizzard to reorganize Raven Q to reorganize QA workers, Activision Blizzard, Activision employees on restructuring, restructuring union busting is their goal. What on earth? All right, th- there's definitely more to this than I can go ahead and lo- look and stall for in like a minute or two. So we're going to move on from this small little distraction here. Yeah, so far it looks like only the Raven software wing of Activision Blizzard is moving to vote for unionizing. So I guess with that notion, you know what it might just end up resulting in? If if Raven software, which is a, a small wing of uh, Activision Blizzard. I believe they solely do QA testing for Call of Duty. They could just, like, Activision could just dissolve that wing and move the responsibilities to somewhere else. I'd say that's too horrible for them to do, but we're also talking about Bobby Kotick. He'd totally do that. Meanwhile, back to ripping on Google. Google Drive flags nearly empty files for copyright infringement. For those who want to go ahead and try to say that the cloud is the end-all be-all and the cloud and no one would ever, 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 ever try to go ahead and... Look at your files for any reason. Well, you're right. Google Drive clearly does not look at your files. 
they will just straight up flag it for copyright infringement, despite the fact the files are empty. I have no words. My words have failed me. Other than there is a reason why I went ahead and paid way too much money to set up my own personal cloud. Actually, who am I kidding? The reason I set up my own personal cloud was because I love pl playing with high-end computers. Who am I kidding? It's a good pastime. What can I say? You let a server whir to life in front of you at the touch of a button and tell me that is not the coolest feeling ever. It's just me? Oh, okay. Either way, I'm just saying, personal control over your own files and software far, far better than watching your files get flagged for copyright infringement when it was actually your resume that you typed one sentence on. Good job, Google. Good job. Apparently, the bug came in with the fact that uh, all the files that were flagged were just files that had only the number one inside of them and was being flagged for copyright infringement. Uh-huh. I I see it it all makes sense now. Good job, Google. Good job. Meanwhile, while we are waiting for the Apple and Epic case to go to the next phase of appeals, apparently more and more states are siding with Epic in the Apple App Store appeal. For those who don't recall, uh, Epic said that they wanted to go ahead and be allowed to have other options for payment processing inside Apple's App Store, and Apple said, nope, it's my way or the highway. By the way, that's 30% for in-app purchases compared to, you know, other credit card processors, which are close to 2.5%. Yeah. Which would you rather have? 30% cut taken from you or 2.5% cut? 2.5% is just a rough estimate. There are some that are 3%. There are some that are lower. And so on and so forth. But it's, you know, it's kind of nice to see some sanity with people deciding that, you know, maybe Epic's onto something. Maybe. Just 
maybe. We're going to have this segment go a little bit longer and just knock through a few other ones because I want to start with the Ubisoft story. The FCC is introducing new rules that will require service providers of of broadband internet to include information such as the base price, all fees, data caps, and performance data. What a concept! Not trying to hide your nonsense. In fact, heck, for work, we had a customer come come to come to my company and say, like, you know, we're looking around at other options for your services. And I just told him straight up, it's this. And that includes everything. That's including the environmental fees. That is including any type of hogwash disposable bag fees. That includes any sort of rental fees for this, that, or the other thing. Everything else, it is all included in the price. Unlike what our competition does. One nice, neat little package. That's it. Someone in chat says, wait, that's not a thing yet. No. There's no law on the books that requires the ISPs to do this. There are a handful of ISPs that, you know, try to lay out that information real nice and try to be, you know, nice people. And then all of a sudden, that uh, $60 deal becomes $120 after fees and your temporary price and all this, that, and the other thing. And it is obnoxious. And it's only the ISPs that do this sort of thing. That and commercial laundromats. I just can't even. So the FCC is pushing forward rules to go ahead and finally put an end to this kind of nonsense we're gonna take our first break here when we come back i want to talk about ubisoft and their rather tone deaf response to why some programs are failing Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Ubisoft. Tragic news. Ubisoft is killing off their Battle Royale game Hyperscape. After only 18 months of it being up. 
This is kind of one of the problems to a game nowadays having a centralized multi-server server. Once it's down, that's it. So Hyperscape going away. Almost no one here knows what, what it was because that's how insignificant it was. It was their attempt to try and cash in on Fortnite, and now it's gone. Womp womp. But while they're doing that, you know, let's just go ahead and contemplate this little number from the Ubisoft VP, which truly deserves the Shinra treatment. Ubisoft Vice President says that players just don't get NFTs. Their NFT program, Quartz, is getting very little traction as not many users are buying in to the NFTs for some reason. You people just don't get it. You don't get the benefits of the of NFTs and why you should go ahead and support it. And you know what? They're right. Ubisoft is exactly right. We don't know what the benefits are to going ahead and getting these NFTs. No one knows. So please, tell me, Ubisoft, why should I buy NFTs? You want to sell me the goods? Tell me then. Why should I care? It's not my job to find a reason to buy your product. If you want to go ahead, invent a new platform, invent a new kind of digital goods, and you want customers to buy it, it is your job to explain the benefits. Because here's what I see. I see a piece of DLC goods. I see purchasable cosmetics that I can use in one game. And that's it. The only difference is that I could theoretically sell this at some point later on down the road. That's all I know. But the thing is, is that that's not new. I could go to Steam. and sell skins from various games on Steam. There's an entire economy based around that, about around Team Hattress 2. This isn't new. Most games just simply look 
at that kind of transaction and determine it is an illegal gray area. I hate to break it to you, but just because you have now minted your digital good on the blockchain and made the time it takes for that digital good to be processed magnitudes longer because everything on the blockchain is slower than it is on a centralized system. You have effectively done nothing. The biggest benefit to something being on the blockchain as opposed to a centralized system is the fact that it's decentralized. The fact that now your skin, your goods will pretty much last forever as long as the blockchain never collapses. Except in this case, there's two points of failure instead of one. One point of failure, of course, is the blockchain. If the blockchain ever collapses, now your NFT skin is worthless. The other weak spot is the same as doing it the other way. If the game's gone, your skin is worthless. If the server that hosts the skin goes down, it is also worthless because NFTs, once again, here's all an NFT is. It is a serial number and it is a link. That's it. It is a token that says that item number 79843867530 belongs to you 69420.nerd whatever the heck your wallet name is. And then a link saying what that serial number is associated to. If the source of the link goes down or is ever hacked to then change what the item is, your NFT is useless. By making a game skin an NFT, you have done nothing other than add additional steps for no benefit whatsoever. Oh, and as a bonus point, because it is on the blockchain and the blockchain in order to continue existing requires miners to mine with GPUs because that's what mining is. It is supporting the blockchain. Effectively, by your NFT existing, it is consuming power solely for the crime of existing. So what's the benefit, Ubisoft? What do you get out of it? More money just for the fact that it's an NFT, but no actual benefit for it? Hey, you know what? Let me tell you about this great new NFT I got for you. All right, here. I call it water. This is just like regular water. 
In fact, I got it fresh out of the sink earlier today. But there is a file you can't see that has your name on it and my forehead pressing against the numerical pad to give it a unique ID that no one else can have. And forever and ever, you will know that this water, which has the exact same usage if it didn't have the digital tag on it, can be yours for 20 times the price with no additional benefit for you because it's still freaking water. This is the one thing that every single pro NFT person cannot answer. What is the real benefit to an NFT other than the blind hope? And I do want to stress the blind hope that it'll have value down the road, assuming the server that has your NFT that that your NFT links to never ever dies. And I want to stress that because the argument that's constantly being made with these board ape NFTs with these n- n- name your fugly freaking JPEG NFT collection that by the way took an artist roughly six hours to make and then a programmer one hour to make the methodology to go ahead and generate hundreds upon hundreds of those pictures you're not even getting the value of the artist working to make the unique piece like that's the part that slays me the most is that most of these nft collections are to have less effort make put into them to make than any other kind of art there is more originality to me drawing a freaking stick figure in ms paint than there is in any bored ape jpeg and by the way if say something like the board ape co- let let's let's put this together for a second if bo- the board ape yacht club was ever found for tax evasion which by the way um at the rate they're going they will be found for tax evasion because of course it's all crypto it's, it's not legal currency you can we're going outside the government because it's not centralized <laughs> yeah no that's that's still tax evasion buddy every single one of those jpegs will the Thanos snapped out of existence. And every single one of those NFTs, those tokens that are minted into the blockchain will go to nothing because those JPEGs are not in the blockchain at all. You have a certificate that says you own a thing somewhere else, which could be seized by the IRS and the FBI at any moment.
Just keep that in mind. This is a bubble that is going to pop. And when it pops, it is going to be the biggest I told you so that you've ever heard. Someone in chat says, here's the funny part. When it all goes down, they will try to sue the government for monetary damage. And then the government can just go, okay, prove the value of the loss. I, I can't. It's, an, it's in an untraceable cryptocurrency that I haven't been paying taxes on. Oh. Yeah. That's a problem, isn't it? Blockchain technology could have a use case. NFTs could have a use case in their current form, however, of just being a serial number, a link, and a wallet ID. It is very, very difficult to figure out what useful use cases there can be. We were talking earlier in the stream about how you could try and go ahead and have account credentials or account information minted into an NFT. And try to use that as your account for other services. The problem is that anything on the blockchain is public. Anyone can see anything on the blockchain. And there's no getting around that. Because it's a decentralized system... Everyone must be able to see everything that happens on the blockchain. There's no other way around that. It's by its very nature. It is designed this way. And the fact that NFTs must link to another system in some way, shape, or form, you have another elephant in the room. You have now have a centralized server that must be kept up for the NFT to mean anything, literally anything. And then, of course, there's also cryptocurrency itself. The fact that by its very nature, it is very volatile, has nothing backing it, and could very, very easily, if any one of these clowns who want to talk about how much money they have in cryptocurrency tries to cash out to go ahead and be used in a real economy rather than the one they live in, it would, like, put it this way. If someone who has... Let's say 100 Bitcoins. 
they try to cash out 100 bitcoins. Do you know what happens to the value of Bitcoin? After, say, the first five whole Bitcoins are bought? First off, the sale of 100 Bitcoins would take days. Just by the very nature that every single transaction that happens on the blockchain is slow. To the point of taking almost five to 10 minutes per transaction. And the thing is that almost no one can afford a whole Bitcoin. That Bitcoin is then going to be fractioned up. Even I don't own a whole, how much of a Bitcoin does my current wallet have? Currently my, by the way, I should, I should make a disclaimer. I do own some, some cryptocurrency. It is not much. Currently on my crypto wallet at the time of recording this is, I'm willing to bet, 80 bucks. Wow, $79.83 is what my current crypto wallet is. I was dang close. Uh, currently, I owe .0016 of a Bitcoin. Which, according to... My crypto wallet is worth $61.21. It will take, just to sell 100 Bitcoins or even 10 Bitcoins, it would take days. And during that time... Because the supply now greatly outweighs the demand for purchasing the Bitcoin, the value of the Bitcoin goes down with every single transaction. Until eventually, the Bitcoin price gets so low that it starts being looked at as a crash. Any one of these guys who goes ahead and ha says they have a ton of cryptocurrency, if they ever cash out, first off, they're never going to get the value that they originally claimed they thought they had. And everyone else, they are left with a cryptocurrency that is worth barely anything. It is what's referred to as a bubble popping. And the thing is that unlike a stock on Wall Street, there is nothing backing up the value of that cryptocurrency. Nothing backs up Bitcoin. At least in the case of GameStop stock or GameStop's stock, there is at least GameStop backing up those stocks. In the case of US dollars, there is at least a federal government backing the value of that dollar. Someone in chat says, now I want to start mining Bitcoins and sell it immediately just 
just to cause the pop. If only it were that simple. You have to have a lot of Bitcoin. And unfortunately, that uh, the way Bitcoin mining works, if you were to go ahead and just have your gaming rig mine for a cluster, you would never get a, you would never uh, successfully solve a Bitcoin block and be rewarded with whole Bitcoins. It, it just wouldn't happen, unfortunately. You would need very, very strong mining equipment, especially since uh, Bitcoin mining is now done with what's called ASICs or application-specific integrated chips. The I actually might mean something different, but they're basically silicon chips that are built specifically to mine Bitcoin. And there are ASICs for other applications too. And you could theoretically find an application that a Bitcoin ASIC could also do in addition to mine Bitcoins. But you get the idea. Just you and the GTX 780 you got because you want to go ahead and wait for real GPUs to be available. Uh, you're not going to go ahead and mine much, many, many Bitcoins or even Ethereum with it. As much as I wish that were the case. But now Ubisoft, unfortunately, is not the only company that is getting in on the craze. <sighs> YouTube is also considering NFTs. The, un the fortunate thing is that the, the CEO's letter from Susan just s says they are looking into NFTs, that the platform may embrace, em em embrace, embrace Web3 technologies. Web3, by the way, is basically a way of saying blockchain technology. You, you you see that term thrown around a lot lately. Web3, the next evolution of the web, is all about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. And maybe it is. But it sure as heck isn't going to be in its current state. Because the current state that blockchain technology is in right now is 100% unsustainable. And I say that as not someone who goes ahead and flies around a Green Party flag all that strongly. Here's my stance on on where it comes with, with with blockchain technology and its point in the future, all right? Let us pretend for a moment. All right? Let's take any sort of environmental concerns out of the picture. Let us pretend for a minute humanity has cracked the code on energy your house is coated in miraculously efficient solar panels on a sunny day you generate 25 kilowatts on your own 
on a cloudy day, you generate 20 kilowatts. And even at night, on the sheer moonlight, your solar panels are so good that you generate 10,000, or that you generate 10 kilowatts. All right? Let's pretend we've cracked that code. Do you want to spend eight kilowatts to, to mine Ethereum out of your grand total output? And then more power on top of that to cool down your rig that's going ahead and mining for this cryptocurrency to go ahead and support the, uh, the cryptocurrency. Almost all of your night power and almost half of your daytime power to go ahead and do this. Tough sale, isn't it? No matter how green you make your energy production, even if it's just basically completely free, that you have these super mythical efficient solar panels I just described. It's a hard sell to try and say this is fine. But of course, those who are all in on cryptocurrency, they don't care. Because there's only one thing that those that are in for cryptocurrency care about. It's how much money could I theoretically make? And I do want to stress the word theoretically. Because of how widely cryptocurrency fluctuates, your rig could be profitable one day and not even pay its own electric bill the next. It's, it's sad, really. Because one of the things that I keep saying is that cryptocurrencies... Cryptocurrency miners don't care about the upfront cost. They, to the, for the most part, don't. That's why these scalp cards sell. They're going to miners. Because it is a money printing tool. I paid $1,000 for this 3060. That's okay. I'll make that back in three months. No problem. Maybe even sooner if the price of Ethereum goes up, which it is. That's the problem. 
NFTs at their base needs to be reevaluated. NFTs in their current form. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you true believers out there, but you're living a lie. They are useless. And every single one of you who have bought an NFT, you have been scammed. Because you don't own that picture. You don't own that audio file. You just have a certificate supported by no one saying that you own it. But once that service that says you totally own it is gone, you spent $50,000 on nothing. Poof. Gone. Even this bottle of rubbing alcohol that you kind of can hear on the microphone even when I'm out of it, I have more uses of it than your NFTs. Because at least with the NFT, once it's gone, you have nothing. In my case, I have an empty bottle. Five bucks, by the way. More uses than an NFT. This is why we fight back against NFTs. It is not because we are ignorant. We fight back against NFTs because everyone else wants to try and push the world towards it while we see it as the scam and the flawed product that it is. And everyone else wants to just ignore that and look at only the dollar signs. NFTs are not the future. They are a pyramid scheme. It is as simple as that. And the unfortunate truth is that every single person who isn't at the top is a brainwashed fool who thinks that they're buying into the future when in reality... They're buying in to the top guy's yacht that he's going to sail away with everyone else's money on. And there might be a few true believers at the top too, but here's the thing. They don't know anything you don't. They just managed to luck in to being at the top of, again, a pyramid scheme. And I see a lot more of these kind of scams going around more and more. NFT outlets going ahead and saying, we're going to open a virtual casino. Which, by the way, um, illegal, much. Hope you enjoy being regulated into oblivion and a nice uh, knock at the door by your local government affiliation, whoever it may be. 
I know it's illegal here in the States, and I know that across the pond they are even more strict about online gambling than we are here in the States. Just saying. So there you go. Zero days since last NFT rant. Any other questions? Any other excuses as to why I'm totally wrong? Because I'm not going to lie. I want to hear the arguments directly from the true believers. I really do. I'm not some crypto denier that's just going to go ahead and dismiss it outright. I want to hear the real arguments. I want to hear the logic. I want to hear why I'm wrong. I'm willing to learn. But here's the thing. I'm not going to blindly listen. I will challenge every single argument because that is how everyone learns. And that's one thing I've noticed with a lot of these NFT things. They get so offended when you dare to challenge their position. Now the NFT price is going to only go up. It's true. We're going to get Lambos and go to the moon. We're going to go ahead and buy an island and move to it. We can because crypto to the moon. Uh huh. You can continue living in your fantasy land, but um, I hate to break it to you. I'm going to continue being wide awake. You know what the worst part is? We're not even done with all the crypto and NFT talk. I still have more. We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, one of the great debates in my own personal life here has been whether to stay on Twitch or not. Twitch, honestly, lately has been seeming more and more hopelessly greedy in the way that they have operated their ads campaign more and more disjointed more and more clueless in the way they handle themselves and it just kind of makes 
individual streamers like myself just kind of go, why am I here? In the meantime, YouTube has been making some major advances in their YouTube game streaming side to be more of a competent competitor with Twitch. They now have a clip system. They now have better moderation tools. They have plans down the road to introduce rating, meaning that when you're done with the stream, you can go ahead and direct all of your followers to automatically join in another stream. It's a feature that has been long appreciated on Twitch. And so on and so forth. YouTube gaming is becoming more and more a potential competitor to Twitch and one that I personally have contemplated, do I make the switch? The man behind it all, unfortunately, is leaving YouTube gaming. They were going in the correct direction. And now he has decided that he's going to leave. This already, for someone like myself, who wants to always weigh their options when it comes to, well, I'd, I'd say my livelihood, but honestly, Twitch streaming to me is a hobby more than anything. But there are people who do stream on Twitch for a living and do wonder, do I move to YouTube? Do I have a better chance of being better on the YouTube side of things? There's more features on YouTube. There is a decent TikTok competitor on YouTube where I can just take my live content automatically and turn it into shorts that people can just consume in a better fashion than you can on Twitch. I have a better chance of of getting more exposure to my channel on a platform like YouTube. There are all these things to consider. But now the guy behind all of these better moves gone. Has moved on. And now what's even more concerning, the reason he's moving is a crypto and NFT-based gaming company. So now it comes out. The guy was a true believer in a flawed system which most likely means that the people under him decent chance they are also true believers in a flawed system. And we can even get more assurances of that by the fact that also YouTube itself is looking into NFTs. So now you begin to wonder What really is 
in the future of YouTube gaming. Someone in chat says that YouTube also has a better DMCA system. Yeah, they do have a much more comprehensive DMCA system. By the way, there was a deal that was recently struck with, uh, I want to say, Warner Music labels from Twitch. Whoops, that's that screen's not supposed to be over there. I don't think there's any. Was there any important info on there? No, there wasn't. Okay. I do not believe, actually... that there was that do I actually have the email from Twitch in regards to the deal that was just signed the the deal by the way that was signed between between Twitch and this music label was just to require that music label to use Twitch's DMCA system rather than just file direct lawsuits so don't get your hopes up by the way do not immediately start thinking, oh man, I can start I can start streaming down with the sickness from by disturbed. No, no, you can't. You will still get flagged. It just means you'll get flagged without being, you know, sent to court. I am trying to find the letter, I'm never going to find it, am I? Or I forget, I'm never going to find it. In, in any case... Things are starting to get a little better on the Twitch side, and now things on the YouTube side are now more questionable. Which now leaves people like myself in kind of this weird, what are you going to do area. I personally will continue streaming on Twitch, though. Unless something happens where I... I always have the idea in my mind that if I had to switch, that I could do it very, very easily. And I feel at this time I still could. And I always want to have myself ready to do so if it is ever necessary. And I do think many, many other streamers should also take this approach. If you have to. Wow, I was looking for this letter and I just saw like something that looked really, really sketch. And then I, then I just like took a closer look and it it was a message that said that someone accessed your Coinbase account. And then I actually looked at the, at the mail, the email it came from. The actual message says we have detected your data has been used by another account in violation of privacy rules. You cannot use, you, you, you will... You cannot access your account using a second account. 
the account was, and there's just like M A L A. It's an email I don't recognize. And it says, click here to disable the other account. The click here leads to plushhomesco.com for Coinbase, by the way. And the email it came from is internal.mailing.1297 reminder dash services at mmsolucodigitals.com. Seems legit. Yeah, I still can't find this letter that says, um, that has the what to call it. All right, in any case, what's me happening with, with YouTube gaming in the air? We're going to be, be keeping a close eye on it. What about at Twitch, though? Well, Twitch recently just lost the streamer that was kind of the face of the organization, DJ Wheat. DJ Wheat recently stepped down, like, about a week ago. Here is something that is kind of telling about how things are behind the scenes. Streamer reporter Zach Busey has put out a general question on Twitter saying, quote, just something I've been thinking about recently. It's easy to take issue with particular experiments or porn relations of the feature, but oh, wait, no, that's not, not it. Um, what was it specifically? The question you put out publicly on Twitter was, I'm curious about the morale among staff at Twitch. A lot of long-term staff left the company in the last six months. And without major community wins, seeing conversations on social media can be draining. Plus two years of a WFH can't lament over a beer with a coworker. W-A-F-H in this case, meaning working from home. DJ Wheat, who recently uh, parted ways with Twitch, replied with, let me put it this way. In seven days, my mental health has rose to positive levels I haven't seen in six to seven years. That's even before the pandemic, before even going to working from home status. Zach Busey then replied with, with, you were actually one of the people I was thinking about the streams over last week. I'm guessing, I'm guessing have been pretty cathartic for you. Makes me happy to hear that you're already doing better mentally. Yuji replied, thanks, Zach. Been carrying a lot of emotional weight over the past few years. I don't blame Twitch or my job for this. Lots of it was self-inflicted. 
because of how much I cared about the job. Now, that's one thing to just kind of say that, you know, you're, you're general, just saving face, all that sort of jazz. It does put that question of doubt in the back of your mind. Are things at Twitch going smoothly? Is there some other problems behind the scenes? I'm still under the assumption that there is still a hard push from Amazon onto Twitch to specifically generate more ad revenue. In fact, there was something that Zach Busey has talked about, about there being a new program launching on Twitch called the Ads Incentive Program that is being that is being released to selected partners and affiliates. With full disclosure, I am not one of them. He says, going into his creative dashboard right now to see if the option was suddenly added between the last time he checked. No, it is still not there. Okay, I'm glad we had this talk. He says, going over his settings one more time. No, it's not there. But in any case, the whole concept is that it gives a goal to run a certain number of ads. The whole point is to basically give. I would say it's it's similar to like the bounty program that Twitch had and still does, but no one uses it. Where they just say, hey, just run this number of ads. Every hour for so many hours and we'll award you this flat amount of cash. And there's one thing that I'm not entirely, that's not entirely clear to me. And that is, does it have to be enabled in the automatic fashion or can I manually run the ads? If I can manually run the ads, if I have full control over when these ads run and I can guarantee that these ads are going to run when there's no action on the screen, because I do not want to interrupt any of the content with ads. You never have at, you, you never lose any con you never lose any content on, on TV when ads are run. They specifically time it so that the content stops, the ads run, and then the content starts back up Again, except for a handful of times with wrestling for some reason. But if this requires that automatic ads be run. It's going to be the same standard as always for me. It's a no go for me. 
That's my stance on it. I want full control on when my ads run. That's the bottom line. Period. And I think that should be a standard that most other streamers should also be willing to follow. That is just my opinion, though. Another bad news for Google, though, um, their plan of Flock, which is the federated learning of cohorts, their new tracking system that totally everyone else could use, but is, you know, fine-tuned by them so it worked the best for them. Um, don't worry about it. It's dead. Gone. Never to be seen again. So, Flock is dead. And thus, all was well in the world. However, that doesn't mean that Google is not going to be looking for a new way to mine your data. The new concept is topics. Um, which, uh, You know what topics is? It's the same thing as everything else. Like, honestly, the way all of this works, like, we want to go ahead and try to lie to you about how we're totally not collecting data and grouping you all up as to what you like and what you don't like. The original system was to use cookies, track you around, and place you into groups, all right? That's now unfavorable because everyone's considering that as spying. Well, we're going to use the flock system, which goes ahead and just looks around at where you're going and puts you into groups and see where all that overlaps to go ahead and serve you ads. Well, Mozilla didn't like that, so flock is dead. Well, now we're going to use topics, which goes ahead and uses internet-based targeting proposals to see which topics you like and basically draw a giant Venn diagram to see where your interests lie. It's all the same thing. It's all tracking. Does anyone believe for a second that this isn't just all the same blasted thing that all you're doing is just spying? It's what it is. Look, I hate to break it to you, Google. I hate to break it to anyone else. Topics is going to be the same thing as flock, which was the same thing as cookies. It is literally a trick as old as time. We are changing it slightly and calling it a different thing so you think it's better. It's not spying, it's stalking. It's not stalking, it's following without your permission. It's not following without your, without your permission. 
it's peeping toming. It's not peeping toming. It's hanging from your from your window and staring through it to to see you get dressed. It's not doing that thing I just said. It's spying. It's all the same thing. <laughs> But we're Google. So we're going to move on anyway. We need to pick up the pace here because, man, we are we have a lot to talk about and uh, not a whole lot of time left. By the way, an- here's another fun one for you. OpenSea, which is one of the biggest NFT repositories, had a bug that um, pretty much just let attackers just straight up steal the ownership of tokens. The blockchain cannot be fooled, by the way. Web3 is the future, by the way. It is unhackable, by the way. No one can just steal a non-fungible token. Oh, look, it's been funged. It's mine now. Wow. Incredible. What a worthy investment. And I hope you right click and saved and screenshotted your NFT because now it's gone. So again, crypto bros, how, how is this the future again? How is NFTs the end all be all of digital ownership? When they are in fact easier to steal than a printed screenshot of the same art. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly the grand total value of NFTs that was stolen. Was over one million dollars I'm clearly in the wrong line of work I need to get to just stealing NFTs especially since there's no law against it because it's decentralized part of me doesn't want to rub it in their face but at the same time my god I am absolutely so sick of being fed BS that it's driving me nucking futz. And while other companies are trying to get into the crypto space, Facebook's DM Association um, looks like it's uh, falling apart. DM, for those who don't know, is Facebook's cryptocurrency that I've most likely mispronounced and I really don't care. 
that, um, yeah, no one, everyone thought was just going to be the worst thing ever, that Facebook hoped it was going to become the end-all, be-all of cryptocurrency, the first stable coin. It was going to be a revolution, and it's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. Which is a shame because your own built-in cryptocurrency in that metaverse you're trying to build that looks awful, by the way, um, that would have been nice. Unfortunately, it's gone. Whoops. And while we're at uh, the whole thing about uh, failures here, 80 million in cryptocurrency was stolen from Qubit's DeFi platform. Eighty million worth in cryptocurrency, which, by the way, once they try to cash that out, get ready for the market to drop like a rock. Blockchain's the future, by the way. Blockchain blockchain is un, is infallible. Cryptocurrency is the future. And to the moon and all that jazz. No problems ever, they thought. What can I say? Oh, and by the way, we want to talk about other failures in cryptocurrency. Let's talk about NVIDIA and the light hash rate limiter. Crypto miners have come out and said that and said pretty much exactly what I've been saying for a while now that no, the light hash rate limiters on NVIDIA's 30,000 series did not hinder anything. Uh, it was originally limited Ethereum mining to half, but some trickery got that up to 70%, and then they just used the remaining 30% of the card to go and mine another cryptocurrency. Crypto miners have now just come out and proven and confirmed exactly this. And of course, NVIDIA doesn't care, because guess what? They still make a profit otherwise. Thanks, NVIDIA. Thanks. I'm glad you care so much. And by the way, as, um, while cryptocurrency mining continues to be profitable and used consistently, Bitcoin's value drops 50%. And of course, now everyone's wondering, what's going to happen? 
crypto is at fifty percent of its value. What's 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 what, what's this? What's this mean? What's gonna go? What's going on? It's a good question, isn't it? The thing is that experts are trying to say that downturns like this are normal. Decentralized currency, by the way. So uh, who are these experts? That's always one question that always makes you wonder. Especially when the experts try to tell me about how... uh, a token that consists of a serial number, a link, and my wallet ID means I own something. Despite that, there is nothing saying to the contrary. Well, good luck, all you crypto people. I'm just going to go ahead and... uh, We'll see what happens in my wallet. I'm just going to continue trading around and just not caring at all, ever. Makes a profit? Great. But it probably won't. Oh, by the way, uh, NVIDIA launched the RTX 3050. It is a card that is already sold out and being scalped and... It's basically the same performance as a 1660 Ti um, for a little bit more. Performance per dollar, it is basically no improvement whatsoever, except it's actually way worse than that because it's already sold out and it's being scalped for $500. $500 for what $200 used to get you. Welcome to the current GPU market. I hate it. But you know what? At least it isn't the 6500! The GPU that was basically a mobile (laughs) GPU from AMD. Someone asked how much is a little bit more. About 5%. It's actually like a decent... Like the RTX 3050 for $250 in the current market is not bad. It actually isn't bad. You're not going to find it for $250 because the caveat was the current market. The current market is on crack. So compared to everything else being scalped, $250 for, for an okay, for an okay 1080p GPU is a bargain. Unfortunately, now there's no more. And now it's five hundred dollars for that, which is now a ripoff. Just like every, just like every other freaking GPU on the market, even the sixty-five hundred, which was a terrible deal at two hundred dollars, is being scalped for four hundred and fifty dollars. The piece of garbage is now out of stock and being scalped. That is how stupid the GPU market it is right now. And of course, it is a self-sustaining cycle. 
because of the cryptocurrency miners. And the scalpers trying to make a buck off their blatant and clueless greed. Actually, maybe it's not fair to blame just the cryptocurrency miners. They are a major problem with this, though. But let's be honest. It's all the scalpers' fault first. Someone in chat says there need to be a list made of miners and scalpers. I have a feeling that trying to deny business like that would violate some kind of uh, law, but I'm not a legal expert in the manner. And with that, we're just going to have to take a break here. There's a lot of stories that are going to be saved for the bonus episode. And we come back, let's get to some silly stories. Let's get to some weird stories, including robots replacing surgeons and useless UI updates. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. From out of nowhere, we have uh, Rovio coming out from, I can only assume, No Man's Land to tell us that Hangry Birds apparently is coming back. As a retro revamp of the very first original Angry Birds. I know. I forgot they existed too. Y- you know what the worst part is? You know what the real sad part is about this? You know what the weirdest part about Angry Birds coming back? Holy cow. Do we need a fresh... Do we need a game that just doesn't try to get us to buy loot boxes? on our phones people in chat are arguing with my use of the term retro I'm the one who said retro not rovio alright 
So before before we start generating flack for to Rovio for saying that oh, Angry Birds is in retro, the game's ten years old in the first place. That's just a phrase I use. They're not trying to. They're basically trying to relaunch the original Angry Birds in a new engine. And you know what? As long as I'm not gonna lie, I'd be more than happy to shell out five bucks for a game like Angry Birds. Just as long as it doesn't try to nickel and dime me every single step of the way. I mean, the fact that 99% of the mobile games market is all just one giant casino disguised as something else in which the payouts are nothing but more game is already a, a concept in gaming that I wish would just die. And unfortunately, it's not i'm actually legitimately ex i i i'm i'm not even kidding i'm looking forward to this i would actually welcome a game like angry birds even a freaking monkey tower defense game tries to premium purchase me all the way through it it's a tower defense game about monkeys popping balloons And it wants me to go buy power-ups every time I open the Blasted app. <sighs> Someone in chat says, I saw Peggle on mobile and then saw it's owned by EA and AdRiddled. Yeah. PopCap Games is owned by EA. Like OG Plants vs. Zombies? I loved that game. I was excited when Plants vs. Zombies 2 was announced and then remembered oh wait wasn't popcap bought by ea and then i saw plans for the zombies 2 and just how first off plans for the zombies 2 is an unnavigatable mess there is like no form or function where you're supposed to start where you're supposed to go it just looks like one giant hot mess and oh by the way um you can't even unlock all the plants in order to get some of the plants you knew, it's roughly like $40 worth of DLC you have to buy. And I'm probably undershooting it. Oh yeah, and it takes the Candy Crush approach where the levels are nigh impossible unless you pay for upgrades that are one-time purchases. EA did pop cap dirty, let me tell you. But rather than get depressed about that, let's instead talk about things that are unnecessary, like Half-Life 2's UI being quietly redesigned. Why? Who wants... Who looks at Half-Life 2 right now and goes, yes, I need a massive UI update. To Half Life 2. Dang it, chat stole my joke. Chat, chat literally stole my joke. The joke, of course, would be is, is this evidence? Is this evidence? Are they working on Half Life 3? 
are they are they working on redesigning the ui is a sign to bring half-life 3 to us just on the half-life 2 engine that's okay just give me half-life 3. i want to know what happens to the borealis what happens to dr freeman is barney at least okay we don't know I actually still haven't played uh, Half-Life Alex, Unfortunately, because I have no VR headset. We need to know how, how did things go? Is the Combine strengthened? Have our Combine overlords taken over? Well, maybe our robot overlords are taking over as robots have performed a complex, quote, keyhole intestinal surgery on pigs one step closer to automating healthcare the robots will soon decide whether you live or die in all seriousness though this actually is still a pretty good advancement especially since you know a robot can go ahead and perform delicate actions with precision that the human hand just can't as long as you know there's no flaws so you know hey th this actually could be a good advancement and not just an excuse to not hire more surgeons so you know hey more and more steps further on advancing healthcare Someone in chat says the robots are more expensive than surgeons, but will the, but which gives you the greater chance of success? The answer is I don't know. It's still an interesting advancement. Whether it's practical or not is yet to be seen. Now, I want to bring you a... Really, really weird story. There was apparently a fan-made Pokemon game that uh, was a first-person shooter. Go figure that one out. You would summon Pokemon. They would fight alongside you. As you take your machine gun, roaming around, shooting down other Pokemon and other villains with Pokemon at your side, all of the clips and footage of this game are now gone. No word about what has happened to the project. They have all been... All evidence of the project is now pretty much gone after 
Dragon Game Dev 2, who was the person who initially showed it all, uh, got hit with several cease and desist letters from, uh, well, come on, who do you think? It, it, It was Nintendo. Of course, Nintendo did it. And this isn't, and this isn't a story of oh wow, Nintendo going ahead and ruining indie game, blah blah blah. I mean, they blatantly use Pokemon. I mean, they they kind of have a uh, a right to go ahead and say no, bad, no biscuit. You can't use our IP without our permission. That's perfectly fair. I just want to know what the guy was smoking when he decided to combine Doom and Pokemon. There's another game too that was shared in the Discord that, um, oddly, I want to go and find the name of it again real quick. I gotta actually scroll up really, really far for this one because now that discord is full of footage from pokemon rcs now that it's out which i also got to get my hands on oh here they are talking about terra by the way japanese terra servers have officially shut down i'm willing to bet the rest of terra is not far behind for those that were interested in that mmo which uh yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Those of us who ever knew the game, we we knew it was coming. Holy cow, it was... Way up here. Jeez, where is it? I'm never going to find this, am I? Here it is. It's again... <laughs> Here's a game you might want to look up just at the sheer amount of... Yeah, Terra might be going away. No more demon waifus. Feels bad, man. You want to talk about a weird uh, knockoff game? A game called Pal World. A game in which uh, very blatantly looks like Pokemon and... uh, (laughs) Pokemon, Fortnite, and, uh, and frickin' (laughs) Breath of the Wild had a baby, but they're all just, like, dangerously close to being real Pokemon, and just, like, slightly altered so that they're not. It is a very, very weird game. And you know what the funny thing is? And I got a little bit of flack for this from that same Discord that shared this video. I said, I am impressed at just how much better this knockoff game of Pokemon has much better graphics than any other mainstream Pokemon game out there. That Lapras just ate that penguin. Hell world. 
by the way. Totally not Pokemon. Totally not Pokemon. Someone else said, look up Temtem. Temtem, honestly, um, I know Temtem. We talked about Temtem when it uh, first came up. Someone in chat says that the Pokemon company tried to sue Temtem. Temtem, for those who don't know, is a Pokemon-like game, but it, um, but its whole concept was that, first off, all the monsters are unique, and uh, they are an MMO, which was their kind of unique claim to fame, whereas Pokemon is not, even though it really should be. And Temtem won, that's why Pal World exists. That same person in chat says it's it's better than Pokemon in, in nearly every way. Someone else in chat says Pokemon Go is an MMO. Pokemon Go, I would not say is an MMO. Pokemon Go was a scam to get every single one of us that enjoy Pokemon to go touch grass. Pokemon Go was not an MMO. Pokemon Go was propaganda to try and tell us that the outdoors is safe. All kidding aside, getting back on the point. Pokemon successfully shuts down another Pokemon knockoff game because, well, it actually used Pokemon. If you're going to go ahead and make a Pokemon ripoff game, take tips from Temtem and Pal World. Create unique monsters. And with no good segue, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the new meta of Twitch. Are you ready? Are you ready for what is the new way to get hits on Twitch? It is to stream Fortnite. And then get banned for shaving your genitals live on stream. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who? Who was dumb enough to think that they get away with it? You know what the worst part is? As some people just pointed out in Twitch or on our Twitch chat here. It's a temporary ban. The person who I will not name because they clearly did this so they could get more cred, which I am absolutely not going to give them. Um... They only got a temp ban for this. And depending on where they live, this could easily be, be considered indecent exposure. 
Like, they can get a fine for this. Or even, you know, some time. I know what has to go through your head at that at, when doing something like this. You're, you're, you, what goes through your head is just like, I want to do anything to stand out from other streamers. No other streamer is going to go ahead, take their pants off, and start shaving their balls live on stream. The unfortunate world, the unfortunate thing of uh, live streaming and. Uh, YouTube, and any sort of influencer community is that anyone is willing to do just about anything for, for clout, to do anything to go ahead and get that internet fame so that you can just blow up, gain an audience, and rake in that sweet, sweet influencer money. Don't believe me? There is, I can give you one solid piece of evidence that anyone is willing to do anything for internet clout. And in fact, a large chunk of that evidence is in one convenient location. A YouTube channel known as Chubby Emu. Because half of the life-threatening cases that are talked about on that medical channel are all about TikTokers endangering their lives, doing stupid things for views. When you're willing to go ahead and ingest a lethal amount of, of pickles... For views or a lethal amount of, of, uh, what was it? Benadryl? No. Oh God. I can't remember the actual medication, but you get my point. This isn't just about, and some people are actually saying some other, uh, some other channels that cover other drama. Getting called an idiot on live stream fails is one thing. Ending up in a medical case where you end up in the hospital and are almost on your deathbed is another. So, I mean, going ahead, taking off your pants and shaving your balls live on stream, not that too far-fetched, unfortunately. And I really, really wish... It was. Fortunately, I am a sane person who instead just wants to provide information on Twitch, which you can find at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon, where the sane stay. Except when I go ahead and play some game that drives me mad. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Also, check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, anchor.fm slash early verb briefing.
One thing we are not sure of with this streamer that went ahead and shaved his balls is that we are not sure if he used a manscaped razor or lawnmower or whatever the heck it's called to go ahead and do it. We have no idea if he collected any sort of manscaped ad revenue, if it was a sponsored stream by manscaped. If so, my, my God. They'd probably get sued. <laughs> Oh, man, as funny as it would be, as funny as it would be for Manscaped to have sponsored this guy who flashed himself and then shaved his balls. Um, yeah, no, that is highly illegal. Also, not impressed with the size, just going to say. <laughs> 